Do you suffer with chronic pain? Are you taking risky, over-the-counter, or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppe with a better natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, Liquid Turmeric Liposome Complex. Future Farm's liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief. Sourced and manufactured in the United States, this product contains 1,600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties. This plant-based curcumin is used to possibly reduce inflammation, block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Don't live with pain when there's an all-natural, science-based remedy that works. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Hope you had a wonderful July 4th holiday. Here's to Liberty. It's fun. So, uh, if you'd like to email me with questions, topics of interest, the email is radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. If you'd like to make an appointment with me, I am available in the office in person or virtually via telemedicine and telephone. The number to call is 212-779-1744. 212-779-1744. Speak to Liz and she will set you up. <clears throat> I have an email here from Marianne. She's got a question. Happy summer. I wanted to submit a topic for consideration. Would you please discuss the health benefits of coffee? I heard Dr. Hoffman mention that he drinks Purity Coffee, so I looked into it and switched to that brand. Recently, they sent out an email promoting the anti-Alzheimer's properties of moderate coffee consumption. I've also heard of a reduction in colon cancer associated with coffee. I drink one cup of decaf daily. Is it the caffeine? Is that the caffeine needed? Or how much would listeners need to drink to achieve this health protection? Are there any other benefits? I've heard so much about green tea, but not much about coffee. So Marianne, thank you for this question. And in researching this, and you know, every other week we get a positive study about coffee, then a negative study about coffee. It also depends on a lot of things, how your body reacts to coffee. Uh, in a lot of cases, the protection for colon cancer helps in that coffee lets you eliminate the caffeine. The stimulation can bring on a bowel movement, and that's only good to have your bowels moved and cleared, right? So it's helpful in that way. But there are other benefits to coffee, as it turns out. And by the way, when I say... It depends on how you respond to coffee or caffeine, caffeine in particular I'm talking about. If you're a slow metabolizer of caffeine, then coffee may not be good for your adrenal function, for example. You know, you may find that you get 
nervous, jittery, anxious, if you're a slow metabolizer of, co of, of caffeine, uh, it only means that that caffeine is hanging around your body longer. It's almost like potentiating the dose of caffeine that was actually in that cup of coffee because you're a slow metabolizer of caffeine. But if you're not and you have no problem, you can drink it. There are other problems if you have heartburn, acid reflux, or GERD. Uh, coffee is not your friend because it's acidic. It's the same with teas. It's acidic and it's the acid, not the caffeine, that's troublesome. So, but if you don't have GERD or heartburn and you're not a slow metabolizer of caffeine, you should be fine with it, which is pretty good. So there, there's an article uh, from last month in Cardiometabolic Health, and that's at cardiometabolichealth.org. They talk about coffee, green tea, and type 2 diabetes mortality rates. So let's dive into this. Previous studies in the general population suggest that both green tea and coffee can contribute to health benefits, preventing chronic diseases, and even reducing mortality risks. However, limited evidence is currently available regarding the consumption of these beverages on patients with type 2 diabetes. There is significant potential for reduced all-cause mortality associated with drinking both coffee and green tea in patients with type 2 diabetes per results of a recent study. And the study is in Brit British Medical Journal, that's BMJ, Open Diabetes Research and Care. So, led by a team of researchers, they investigated a cohort of nearly 5,000 patients with type 2 diabetes with a mean age, an average age of 66 years old, for approximately five years. And for the multi-center prospective study data were, were gathered from the Fukuoka Fukua, Diabetes Registry, while the consumption of green tea and coffee was assessed using a self-administered dietary questionnaire. These dietary questionnaires are pretty standard when looking at this type of a study. The researchers' main study outcome was all-cause mortality rate in the cohort, you know, death by any reason in this cohort. That's what they were looking at. And during the 5.3 years of follow-up, 309 participants died. This is out of nearly 5,000, right? The main causes of death were cancer, which occurred in 114 patients, and cardiovascular disease, which occurred in 76 patients. So the study results revealed that there was no significant association between cancer incidence and green tea or coffee consumption. However, they did find a dose-response relationship for both beverages in terms of all-cause mortality. Drinking one cup of green tea every day was associated with a decrease of 15% in mortality risk compared with the rate of those who did not drink green tea. Me meanwhile, consuming two to three cups daily 
was associated with a 27% reduction, and four or more cups resulted in a 40% drop in risk. In coffee drinking participants, one cup consumed daily was associated with a 12% lower mortality risk, and two or more cups were linked to a 41% reduction in risk compared to the risk in those who drank no coffee. So there you go. The lowest all-cause mortality was reported in participants who drank both beverages on a daily basis. So it might be a good good idea to have coffee and then tea and maybe then more coffee and then some tea. A 51% reduction in risk was noted for those who drank two to three cups of green tea and the equivalent amount of coffee. A 58% reduction in all-cause mortality was reported in those who drank four more cups of green tea and one cup of coffee every day. Finally, the lowest all-cause mortality risk was found in participants who consumed four or more cups of green tea along with two or more cups of coffee per day. In conclusion, this prospective cohort study demonstrated that greater consumption of green tea and coffee was significantly associated with reduced all-cause mortality. The effects may be additive, the study authors wrote. Our results suggest that consuming green tea and coffee may have beneficial effects on the longevity of Japanese people with type 2 diabetes. This was a Japanese study. So what are the limitations and underlying mechanisms of this study? Well, they say that potential confounding factors that may have affected the study's results include included sleep duration, diabetic complications, lifestyle, physical activity, laboratory data, and medications. Another limitation of the study was that it did not include information on education and socioeconomic status, both of which have an effect on mortality. Furthermore, no distinction was defined between caffeinated or decaffeinated coffee, although decaf is rarely consumed in Japan. So onward, we can make the assumption then that these were all caffeinated beverages. This was not decaffeinated green tea. It was not decaf coffee. And remember, a cup of regular green tea contains L-theanine, and L-theanine kind of attenuates the caffeine in there. It weakens it so that you're not feeling the effects of caffeine in green tea as much as you would in a cup of coffee. So this was the first study to evaluate the joint effects of coffee and green tea consumption on all-cause mortality in patients with type 2 diabetes. As such, the mechanisms underlying this association remain to be understood. Researchers believe that the most prevalent beneficial substances in green tea, which are phenolic compounds, theanine that I just mentioned, 
caffeine, and epigallocatechin gallate, that is EGCG, epigallocatechin gallate, and their antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and anti-mutagenic properties may be partially responsible. In addition, coffee also contains phenolic compounds, caffeine, and other bioactive components which may have favorable health effects, such as chlorogenic acid and with its antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects. However, coffee has also been associated with increased blood pressure, heightened heart attack risk, and other adverse effects. That's right. Those of you with blood pressure, you should not be drinking caffeinated beverages, period. It constricts blood vessels. And when we constrict blood vessels, blood pressure naturally rises. You do not want this effect. So, and of course, the researchers, as many scientific researchers say at the end of their study, that the latest trial results need to be verified in a larger global population study to ascertain whether they are generalizable to a broader pool of patients. However, at this time, it appears that the consumption of both coffee and green tea can greatly benefit patients suffering from type 2 diabetes, significantly reducing all-cause mortality and may be considered an adjunctive therapeutic recommendation in cases which do not preclude their consumption. And again, those of you with high blood pressure or heart disease, don't jump on this bandwagon, right? Because the caffeine may not work in your favor. I want to get into something, a very interesting approach here about a case study which follows a patient with brain cancer, glioblastoma, on a ketogenic diet. This is very interesting, and this is from the Institute of of Functional Medicine. This is a case study of a British man who rejected the standard of care to treat his brain cancer, has lived with the typically fatal glioblastoma tumor growing very slowly after adopting a ketogenic diet. And providing a case study that researchers say reflects the benefits of using the body's own metabolism to fight this particularly aggressive cancer instead of chemo and radiation therapy. And this case study was published recently in the journal Frontiers in Nutrition, the journal Frontiers in Nutrition. And the report is the first evaluation of the use of ketogenic metabolic therapy, ketogenic diet, without chemo or radiation interventions on a patient diagnosed with a particular mutant glioblastoma. It's an IDH1 mutant glioblastoma. And a ketogenic diet is a non-toxic nutritional approach viewed as complementary or alternative that uses a low-carbohydrate, high-fat diet to manage a range of cancers, including, including glioblastoma. In this particular case, the patient's tumor contained a mutation known as the IDH1. 
This mutation is acquired by chance and is known to improve overall survival. That's really good news for this British man. The findings are particularly relevant to other patients whose tumors contain this mutation, according to Thomas Seyfried, Ph.D., co-author of the report and a professor of biology at Boston College, who said he has long advocated the benefits of ketometabolic therapy, a.k.a. a ketogenic diet, to treat disease. If you're not familiar with Thomas Seyfried's work, he wrote a huge book, a huge tome, Cancer as a Metabolic Disease. This is a very, very important work. I recommend it for for professionals and lay people alike. It's outstanding. So as glioblastoma, this particular tumor, like most malignant cancers, is dependent on fermentation for energy synthesis and survival. The simultaneously, the simultaneous restriction of fermentable fuels such as glucose and glutamine while elevating non-fermentable ketone bodies offers a non-toxic therapeutic strategy for managing glioblastoma, says Thomas Seyfried in a statement. Further studies will be needed to test this hypothesis in other patients diagnosed with glioblastoma. Glioblastoma kills about 15,000 people each year and remains largely unmanageable. While the standard of care has shifted to new immunotherapies, the median survival time of 11 to 15 months for glioblastoma has not improved significantly for more than 100 years, say the authors. The current standard of care for glioblastoma involves surgical resection, radiation, and chemotherapy, which have been shown in studies to result in significant toxicity. However, large-scale clinical trials for alternative therapies are difficult to initiate, leading researchers to carefully examine individual cases. The patient in this particular case was diagnosed with glioblastoma in 2014 and eschewed the traditional standard of care and instead embarked on a self-directed ketogenic diet, low in carbohydrates and high in fat to manage his cancer. Remember, a ketogenic diet is over 70% fat. The researchers found Quote, the patient's tumor continued to grow very slowly over a three-year period without expected vasogenic edema, without swelling, until 2017, end quote. At that point, the patient underwent surgical debulking of his tumor. And the pathology specimen confirmed the diagnosis of glioblastoma and that the patient's tumor also contained the IDH1 mutation. Following surgery, the patient continued with a self-administered ketogenic diet to maintain low glucose ketone index values, low blood sugar and high ketone values, indicative 
of therapeutic ketosis. See, this is how ketosis can be good for us. In light of continued slow progression of the residual tumor, the patient intensified his keto metabolic therapy, his ketogenic diet, starting in October of 2018 with inclusion of mindfulness techniques to reduce stress. While an MRI shows slow interval tumor progression, the patient remains alive with a good quality of life at the time of this report. He is now at 82 months from original diagnosis. That is spectacular. We were surprised to discover that keto metabolic therapy could work synergistically with the IDH1 mutation to simultaneously target the two major metabolic pathways needed to drive the growth of glioblastoma, said Seyfried. Glucose drives the glycolysis pathway, which is the blood sugar burning pathway, while glutamine drives the glutaminolysis pathway. Despite the compelling interest in such individual case studies, the co-authors said they cannot predict if the therapeutic response to keto metabolic therapy as seen in our glioblastoma patient will also be seen in other similarly treated glioblastoma patients. No tumor, including geoblastoma, can survive without glucose and glutamine, Seyfried said. Our study has identified a novel mechanism by which an acquired somatic mutation acts synergistically with a low-carbohydrate, high-fat diet to provide long-term management of a deadly brain tumor. And this is reported by Catherine Rushlau from Integrative Practitioner. Thank you to Catherine Rushlau. Very, very important case study. So we hope to see more of the same in this spectacular novel therapy. Wow. So the patient so far is living 82 months since the original diagnosis. That is spectacular. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Healthy Aging, providing you with the unique energy support of Pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years with a 45-day money-back guarantee of nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 
779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your healthcare.